Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Miss Judy Gold. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't even, how do I start? How do I begin today's podcast? It First of all, I just want you to know it was fucking shit getting here. There was a train derailment. The city is fucking shit and crap and shit. And uh, I left early so I could be here for our very special guest. And yet I got fucking screwed over by the MTA. And Leonard, how did you get here so soon? I don't know. I just got on the one and got right here. Good. Well, I went to 72nd mm. and then I was switching for the one. And then the one came and said, we're not stopping in local stops. You know, the people Sorry. listening in Montana don't give a shit. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't recognize that voice, then you live in a fucking cave. The one and only... The amazing, the I original. I can't stop my leg. I stop. Robert Klein. Thanks so much. Yay, Robert Klein. Woo! This is like a major, major. This is major, 
Mr. Klein. So Where's that Jubel? Yeah. Why, why, oh, Robert Klein. Why is it I had a car and driver? Why is it? You're Robert, Robert Klein. Klein. I love that uh, explanation. Front. Front. <laughs> no, this is the Jubel. And anytime anything remotely Jewish is mentioned, <laughs> there it goes. Oi, you have a Jubel? Uh, yeah. Oh. So, Robert, that's that's Allie Klein, Robert Klein's son. Hello. Thanks but for wait, me. do you do you identify as a Jew? Was uh, your... half Jewish. When I'm telling right. jokes about Jews, yes. Okay, so here we go. It's <laughs> a good answer. Okay, yeah. thank wait. you. It's fantastic. I can wait, say I'm we trying. if I say. Okay, there we go. I know you sing that so scarily well. Get hit that bell again. That's a that. Remember that one from thirteen twelve? Dick Clark was there. Yeah. Anyway. Good night, folks. Anyway, Robert Klein. I can't fucking believe you're here. I can't fucking believe can't it. Can't you say one sentence without fucking? No, it? I can't. I like it. He likes a clean. Dude, yeah, my son. Not is since when did you? Well, since when? When Pretty I cool. think of the arguments I had to have, or not without really without using the word fuck in the Tonight Show in the, right. in the halls of NBC with Freddie DeCordova calling legal. At NBC, can he say poop? Can he say uh, breasts? <laughs> can he, you know? And you kids today with Lenny Bruce's sacrifice. What am I talking about? Yeah. Uh, Different age. Robert. <laughs> Robert, we have some young listeners. Yes. Um, just letting you know, but most most are probably menopausal women and gay men. <laughs> so, um, and lesbies, you know, lesbies. But anyway, Robert Klein is definitely a legend. Robert Klein, well, let's start with your life. Now, you were born in the Bronx. I was. And you grew up in the Bronx in the 50s. I did. Um, That's so West Side Story of you. I know, with Frida I'm and Benjamin. I was born February 8th, 1942. Yes. At a very perilous time in world history. People are always saying, oh my God, the world is in such sad shape. Know your it history. Is. In 42 February, we had just been bombed at Pearl Harbor, right. declared war mm. on by the Germans. The mm. Japanese had all of Asia. The, the Germans had all of Europe. And we, you know, we, we weren't dealing with 10th century filthy uh, right. uh, morons right. who do have explosives and right. cell phones. Yes. So uh, it were perilous times. Cause, yeah, uh, that makes no know. sense that they have cell phones. Like, aren't they should be like the Amish. If you're going to live in under the rules of that period of time, then you can't have fucking electricity. You can't. And first of all, Israel invented the, the technology for the cell phone. So fuck you. Thank well, you very much. They're uh, <laughs> Metro PCS. That's how they get away with it. Yeah. Metro PCS. Oh, there is that was Ali Klein. There <laughs> is a. Um, there is Lenny definitely. Lenny Marcus is here. Go ahead. We're going to give Lenny uh, in about an hour. Lenny, We're I have here Lenny because Lenny, Lenny loves you. He's uh, a cool guy. Yeah, and Lenny's a Thank great you. guy, and he's tan. And yeah, I was on vacation. Great. Lenny just recently married Gina, non-Jew. Um, Congratulations! You got married late. Yes. Oh, that's a nice thing to say to him. Are, that's are, fine. Are we? Uh, is, are, are we starting the show? Yeah, we already started the show. Oh, aren't you gonna do the intro? I did. I said. You mean to say I have to remember everything I said and what do it again? What are you talking about? Well, you're, I mean, you're not welcome. You're not gonna welcome. Well, I did. did Shut Robert. the fuck. VP. VP. Voice probation. Um, I. <laughs> Leonard Marcus is here. Hello. Pat, Patrick is here to make sure that we don't sing anything more than, you know, three notes. <laughs> Hennessy's here. Allie. 
Klein, Robert Oh, you can't Klein. sing because you'd have to pay, you mean. Oh, my God. We oh, had, yeah. listen to this, oh, Robert. That. We yeah, had uh, Shelly Wright, who was a uh, country western singer, yeah. came in here. And to end the show, look at Patrick getting so pissed off. <laughs> she sang one of her songs from her new album. And then she's listening to the podcast and the song's gone. What happened? Patrick's afraid. He's uh, afraid. I know Patrick's I know, problem. they did put it back Aww. in. They did put it back in. But Patrick goes by the rules. Like, I don't follow any rules. Do you follow rules? Uh, I have to, I guess. Uh, for HBO specials, for example, I wanted to do a, a bit involving when Ali was a little boy. Right. And uh, when I was a little boy, my, my father heard Little Richard. I won't sing, Patrick, right? No, you can. Really? Yes. I mean, you know, we came out of on a like with getting under a chair right. for nuclear holocaust. It was an interesting contrast. Eisenhower right. America was bland and boring except for the first time we were could be roasted in right. any second. And then years later, I look at my little eleven-year-old boy, Ali, and he's so gone. Cute. He's looking at the Chili Peppers thing. What I got, you gotta give it to your mother. <laughs> what I said, you know, I didn't want to be uncool like my father. I said, because right. my father thought, uh, what is that? A code word with you kids? Tutti uh, uh, fruity, tutti fruity. What kind of code word? <laughs> that Benjamin said that. I said yes. You know, it's a code word. Ali, tutti fruity. Henry, tutti frutti. Billy, tutti frutti. <laughs> Can your parents asleep while they're asleep at night? Teenage signal. And later on, I said to him, what is this? Give it away. Give it away to who? Anyway, you know. So who was... So was, the Chili Peppers wanted... You ready, Patrick? About 20 grand for four b b bars. No so fucking way. They couldn't use it in the documentary that's about great. me. They couldn't oh. use it. No. Um, Whoa. All right. With foul. The, Sorry, that's foul. Okay. So what, Frida what? and I just he shut up. Um, I just respond to things. Yeah, I just talking too much. Yeah, um, Leonard, you need you can talk too. I'm, I'm Listen, okay. I'm ready. So Frida and Benjamin. Yes. Benjamin was the funny one. Benny was hilarious. He was a textile salesman in the right. garment center, but he was a, a true improviser and clown. I'd ask Daddy, who made the dial on that radio? Hiram Fitznatik. He's from Pittsburgh, <laughs> and he worked in that factory. And he would go on and on. And right, then make he, up crap. And That's hilarious. he'd make up little songs. And my mother was a savant, in more ways than one, on the piano, and also became the secretary at Montefiore Hospital to one of the world's most famous neurosurgeons, Leo Davidoff. Remember the book we all read in high school, Death Be Not Proud? Yes, yes. He was the surgeon. My mother had wow. an eighth grade education. She went to business school. So we still have, down in my basement, we have all the polysyllabic medical terms she taught herself. Wow. Which wow. is a two-year degree in many places. Right, right. And also it's a lesson because I, had a, I have an older sister, four and a half years older. Rhoda. Rhoda. And my my uh, father always uh, maintained my mother to be the kind of not so smart beauty. Right, right, and right. And he was the funny looking. Does that make him feel better or no? Yeah, when she wanted to go back to work. Yeah. My wife is. He had this real stupid, you know, right. male stuff, and and belittled her accomplishments. And it was only much later we realized, my God, what she accomplished. Right. You know? It's so sad that it takes that long to figure out. What do you mean takes that long? It's still going on. All oh, right. Um, <laughs> too Death serious? Be Not Proud. Too serious? Yeah, wasn't that a movie, Death Be Not Proud, too? 
I remember that I was a big book. Don't remember. We right, read whatever. it in high school yeah. for inspiration. Don't but, you think it's a kind of a backward trend in in uh, feminism? I mean, like oh, we're lo- the losing ab- ground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, but you know, I and I think you're contributing to it. In really? A <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Okay, so you were going to originally study medicine. No, wait a minute. No, Len, fuck, Len, I want to go through talk. your life. I have a question. I want to no, go Leonard, Len Leonard. has a Char- question. You were the quintessential child of the 50s. You lived in the Bronx. My, I have friends that wanted to know, like, the Yankees. Were you just worshipping the Yankees up there in the Bronx? They were the hit of the... The town in the 50s. I lived and died with the Yankees. They won every year. My father took me to Yankee Stadium when I was five, 1947. So the Philadelphia Athletics and the Yankees. I don't know who won. But um, on the cover of your album, you have like baseball cards. Were you a baseball card guy? I was. We used to flip them and shoot them the closest to the wall. It was gambling. And believe me, it broke my heart. (laughs) Yeah, but now they do it on the fucking phone. Like, you know, it's it, those were the days when you figured out how to play. Is the fucking phone the same oh, as the phone? Yeah, uh-huh. it's a different. It's All right, different. I'm just checking. Like, just the checking. phone is on the wall. <laughs> you know, like, that's a landline is a phone. Because the fucking phone. And a phone cell phone is a could fucking be a, phone. A sex toy. Here's the fucking phone. We use that here. That's a sex toy. And this is the phone you actually call on. It actually is. The fucking phone right. is also a TV. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. It's, it's too much. It fucks you. It does. Yeah. All right, so you, you were going to go study medicine. I was. I wanted to be was a doctor. Was that because of your mother? No. It, yeah, uh, my parents, uh, to me, that was the most noble profession. And my doctor in the Bronx on Bainbridge Avenue was Dr. Asa Rosenstein. And he could not go to medical school. His grades were incredible. Couldn't get into Columbia, Harvard, all those other ones. Because of his a, last name. Because he was a Jew. Wow. So he wound up in Creighton in Nebraska with Indians, and he studied medicine there. By the way, many uh, Jewish um, uh, scholars of, of uh, who were competent to go right. to medical school went to Germany in the 20s. It's a great... It's Arthur a, Miller wrote a play about it called uh, Broken Glass. Arthur Miller. Uh, listen... Yes. Uh, you know, I was just with my family and my aunt, uh, yeah. my mother's sister, she's 88, uh, she said that she had, her name's, her name, maiden name was Joan Goldberger. And there was another woman, uh, Joan Smith, in her class. And they sent away for brochures and applications to Northwestern. My, my aunt was the president of her class and she was, you know, I come from some smart people. Anyway, even though I diluted that. Anyway, the point is, that she, they both sent away to, and her friend Joan Smith got back a you know an application, the brochure, and my aunt got back. I'm so sorry, we filled our quota for this year. Oh my god! No shit. Yep, and that wow. she said that's it happened all the time. Well, I, I my father used to tell me a lot about his experience in America in the 20s and 30s and going to Niagara Falls with his father and my mother when they before they had children and being mistreated by upstaters and knew right. they were New York Jews. But I myself, in 58, when I went to Alfred University, right. there were six fraternities, there was no social life, right. no alcohol within 13 miles of the town. It was a Seventh-day Baptist town. And only the fraternities provided that. And right. four of them were white Christian only. So I got shut out for a full year 
And many f- of my friends and people got shut out for four years. I never forgave them for that. Wait, so the, was there a, you know, Jewy whatever fraternity? Not yes, Christian? we were non-sectarian, but most of the Jews right. flocked there. We also had the only Asians, the only blacks. And it was an animal house thing. It was right. a wonderful time. And you were the smartest people on campus. Uh, not all. <laughs> we were morons. Asians too. and Jews? Yes, but... But uh, but what now we're... Yes, yes, there's a lot of judges and all that. Right, but right. The smart thing is that you had to have two faculty um, chaperones for right. the parties. We had a 40-foot bar in the basement. Right. I mean, it was unbelievable. Wow. And we chose alcoholic... Faculty members that we knew nice. safely be on the planet Neptune by nine thirty, and there could be some secret stopping. But because right. in those days, stopping. even <laughs> even if even if you were a, a, a senior and had your own apartment, a woman found in your place was was grounds for expulsion. No way. Serious. That's and the now way it it's like they just rape Cohabit. them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You rape them and you leave them there, or That's you, or they pass out true. and you just walk over them. I'm sorry. That great quarterback yeah. on Tampa is a rapist. The yeah. Times followed the story. Yeah. Pretty closely. It was never questioned. Never this. Right. Never that. Well, it's disgusting. It, it really is disgusting. Is, you know, yeah. Many are. Um, yeah. You then changed your major to drama. Never. Is that correct? Or you just went to Yale? Had it, had it, I changed my drama to history, political science. Okay. But there was a small. A drama department, uh, uh, C. Dury Smith and Ronald Brown, Brown and Smith, and they were tasty. They had such wonderful taste. I, were they, they were, gay? They were not. One, really? Yeah, yeah. They were both fabulous. That's interesting, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one really was a great set designer, too. No, he had been a navigator and married a, had a British war gr- right. bride. He did 26 missions over Germany. Wow. And the other one was a real Ivy Leaguer and children. And Anyway, the point is that I went out in my sophomore year for the brothers Karamazov. Oh, yes, yes. And from wow. then on, I was in every play. I became the Laurence Olivier of... Right. And so they then they said, uh, my father, they told him my junior year, um, <clears throat> he's very talented and we can get him into the Yale School of Drama. My father said, Yale? You mean Bula Bula, the Ivy League Yale? To be an actor? Did Eddie Cantor go to Yale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he God. was right too, because Second City <laughs> right. a year later, where I got 150 a week, right. didn't have to pay a big. So uh, how, did you graduate from Yale School of Drama? Or no, you it just was three years for right. a Master of Fine Arts. So I, I stayed one year of graduate school. Right, and then and then um, what I was made you unemployed. leave? I was very dissatisfied. I was itching to work. The old drama coach there, Constance Welch, not had, Jewish. Had coached no Connie Welch was Connie Welch. There he is. She had coached Paul Newman, Julie right. Harris, and um, I, I just felt I wasn't getting enough of it. And also Ted Mann, one of the founders of the Circle in the Square Theater, came yeah. up, directed me in Pygmalion, and said, eh, "Get out of here! You, you come to New York and work." And he encouraged me. The scary thing it was uh, the first time in my life I would not be in school. Right, right. <laughs> what now? What did your parents think at this point? I think my father was very disappointed right. in me. What was Rhoda doing? Teaching. Oh, she was? Rhoda wanted to be a teacher from the time she was nine years old, and she became a teacher, and she taught in New York for 33 years. Wow. Amazing teacher. What did she teach? Uh, grade school. Oh, I love yeah, Rhoda. Where's Rhoda? 
Rhoda lives on 21st Street and 3rd. Oh, my God. We have to have Rhoda on the show. And she taught at... um, in Chelsea, right across on 22nd Street, PS11. Right. The Wayans brothers were in her school. One really? Of them, they had many of them. One of them was in her class. A few of them, yeah. 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 Not all Well, there's about 40. Yeah. 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 300 of them. But yeah. About 60 um, of them. Yeah. yeah. It was a tough time. <laughs> uh, President Kennedy was shot in the fall of 63. What was that like? Ooh. Like, I was one. Oh, my God. Uh, uh. Like, what? I mean, look, we're in a state of peril yeah. here now. Yeah. I mean... I'm so angry. I mean, whatever. We'll get to that. But what did the country come together or were there like I know now if asshole was killed, there would be people going, thank God and blah, 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 blah. But people had the wherewithal not to say shit like that then. Is that correct? Or were there? No, the country came very much together. Mm -hmm. There was certainly a faction against him. Um, Dallas papers were right. ominous, sort of like I, you know, not I'm, I'm. They didn't say those the Second Amendment right. people can take care of that. There's a lot of uh, hate against his um, liberalism and so forth and so on. But no, it was it was a terrible shock. And you know what? I still can't take jokes about it. I'm a new fan of Family Guy. I'm, oh, I, I love Family Guy. I discovered Guy. it last year. Allie tried to get me into it a number of years ago. Oh, my ago. God. I watch that with my kids all the time. I, I'm, I'm crazy about it's it. i got to write this guy a letter. It's a great show. Great show. Amazing show. But they had a Kennedy joke the other day. He said, um, well, they were two. One, uh, the, the, uh, boy, that's as lonely as a Kennedy family reunion. And there's one person. Oh, they're right. all dead. Another one where... Uh, President Kennedy actually gets one right in the head uh-huh. in the smash. I find that a little hard still in a couple of Anne Frank jokes. Yeah. But by and large, I, I think it's hilarious. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> they make fun of black people a lot. <laughs> yeah. They go pretty fun much of across the board. They make fun yeah. of a, a lot of people. And some which of it is, is Which is, but you know what? But they can do things we could never do right. because of animation. That's and right. These right, exactly. Animation, you can do anything. Yeah. yeah and mm. it's fun. And I like it. I know The, the Simpsons is really a wonderful show. And I met uh, last week. I got an award, you know, in Johnny Carson's hometown. Yes, yes, that's right. She's getting ready on the bell. He's not yeah. Jewish, Johnny I Carson. I know. <laughs> and the great American Schmageggy. Uh, it was a war. A war is Jewish. Go ahead. And... <laughs> that's true. All right, go ahead. I forgot what I was talking no, about. No, you got uh, an award. Got an award. This guy from yeah. The Simpsons. Simpsons. The guy who's been a writer for four... 30 years. Matt yeah. Groening? No, no, no. No, another guy who was a writer for 30 years on that show. Now he's in New York. He has to go out maybe once a week or once every 10 days now, but he's happy to be back in his hometown. Um, But the animation is not pleasing to me. It's angular, and and, uh, I just love everything about... Right. It makes me really laugh. The animation... The jokes, the jokes are hilarious. The cutaways, the yeah. idea of doing anything, and and also political views. Yeah, and the handicapped um, guy or disabled guy. Yes, he's which, fucking hilarious. Which they play up like <laughs> right. crazy. But yeah. Adam West just died. You know, I did a movie oh, with him. Yeah, with Burt Reynolds, uh, Hooper. He, oh yes, uh, I remember yeah. that he movie. He played the pompous yeah. leading man that Burt is the stuntman double right. for. Right, right, and, you right. Know, he'd go to a building and they'd say, "Great, Adam," and then they'd mistreat the stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bring him in. You know. All oh, right, so you you yeah. leave Yale School, Johnny. You go to you uh, Second City. I'm home. Well, it, it, it was luck. Jimmy Burrows, the famous Jimmy Burrows, my best friend at Yale, the great director, and you know, I don't think he likes me. 
He created, you know, Jimmy? Well, you know why? Because I did one of his shows, right? So I was on... uh, Cheers? No, it was... Uh, It wasn't uh, Ned and Steve. No, I know what you mean. uh, Uh, Will and Grace. Caroline in the City. Oh, okay. Remember that show? Yeah. Yeah. He directed it, you mean? Yeah, and so I, they're like, you know how they're all bullshit in L.A. So I'm doing an episode, and I'm playing her crazy neighbor, shocking, and then their whole week they're like, "Oh my God, you're gonna you're gonna be a regular, and you're so funny, and blah 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 blah." And um, I, I have this really funny scene, and and we go to shoot my, you know how like you know it's in front of a lot, it's a sitcom audience. They go to shoot my scene. Every other scene they do three, four times. They do my scene once, and they're like, "All right, cut, we're done." And I got completely cut. Then no one was talking to me about. You know, oh, you're going to be on. I can't wait. And it was. It was cut out? Yeah. That happens to no, us. No, no, no. But he, guess. it was. Cu- I don't even know why I was there for the taping because he knew. Well, Whatever. he had a little review in New Haven. Right. This Jim is Burroughs. before your time. He used to have a New York upstairs and the downstairs, which is where I met Madeline Kahn in 1966. Oh, mm-hmm. love her. Uh, and uh, also Julius Monk Plaza Nine review at the right. Plaza. Two guys, two gals. Tuxedos, Mayor Lindsay, you know, the political over the pianos. (laughs) So he's doing this, and I have nothing to do. He said, one of my boys dropped out, the two boys. I don't have a tux. He said, you wear mine. It came up to my elbow. Right. And uh, 35 bucks for the weekend at the Hofbrau House in New Haven, and all the sauerbraten you could eat, (laughs) and Mm. red cabbage. And you would have done it for that, let's face it. Yeah, I would have. And $35 for that place must have smelled. That place must have smelled. A lot of fraud. Yeah. And um, anyway, uh, an agent for William Morris came up. Because um, uh, Abe Burroughs, his father, the great Broadway director and, yes. and uh, writer, uh, had wanted to see what his kid is doing. He wants right. to show his agency. And the guy saw us both, Jimmy's direction and my thing. He said, Second City's coming to town right. looking for actors. Long story short, you I go, go up and tw- you, 20 actors in, yeah. a, in the William Morris conference room, including, uh, who's that handsome black guy years ago? Billy, he had th- two names. Anyway, uh, uh, Fred Willard and I, total strangers, were asked to do an improv together. Right. We got the job. Yeah, but so you didn't do it at Second City. You did it uh, in the office? Yeah, I wasn't in Second City oh, yet. I, I mean, I thought Sheldon you went... Sheldon Patinkin and... Yeah. and, and, uh, and uh, uh, Bernie Sollins, who yes. owned Second City, and yes. Sheldon was the director, was sitting there watching these 20 actors improvise. He called us in. You got and you didn't job. know Fred? Never met him. Wow. Never That's met him. so funny. You're and lucky, we, and, and we, he's lucky. We improvised something, because he had a right. partner at the time, right. Willard and Greco. Yeah. Right. They actually were on the Ed Sullivan show once. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Fred was the guts of it, you know. Yeah. And, and so you get in. So we get and in Second start, City. That, is this 60, Steinberg was there, 65, March yeah, of 65. 65. That's what it says <clears throat> that your career started. You know, I, really. I, I had been in summer stock right. professionally, but that's where I say my career started. Right. 52 Can I answer years something ago. before we go yeah. on? Lenny. What's your, Leonard, <laughs> Leonard. Stop being a Hennessy. What's your musical background to that point? Did yeah, because you, you, you have a beautiful, mu- you have a great voice. You have a, did you're you very musical, piano? yeah. You, did mostly you play Gregorian chants. Yeah, mostly Gregorian chants. Started in the Middle Ages. (laughs) Um, You know what? My mother and my sister, my father, all had, we had music in our lives. We sang around the piano like an old-fashioned family. They told me I could hum before I could 
talk. So did you play anything? Did you? I didn't. I played the saxophone in the high school band, and I just didn't follow through. We had a beautiful piano in the house. My mother played. My sister took piano lessons, but I was discouraged from taking them myself because I would hear my sister practicing Fearless, right? Yes. The Beethoven. La 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 la. Shit. And I sounds like Judy. The cursing was part of Beethoven's piece. I told you it's been around forever. Yeah. Did you sing when Allie was a baby? Did you sing Gregorian chants to him so he could go to sleep? We sang a lot. We sang. He had me exposed to music very, very, very. Do you play anything, Allie? Yeah, I'm a drummer and I play the guitar and I sing. He's a terrific. Wow, drummers are fuck. They're oh, comedians. I'm trying to cut it you out. You don't have to don't, cut it. But drummers are amazing. Like I, because I was a music major. You know, I studied music I in didn't college. Know that. Yeah, Queens and, College. No, I went to Rutgers. Oh, Rutgers. Mm. Rutgers. And dr- the fact that you use every limb at a different—it's just amazing to me. It's just—it's incredible. There's a lot of comics who are drummers. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's Great. a lot of musicians. Sid Caesar was a yeah. saxophone player. There's a lot of um, uh, a correlation between Jack time Benny. Ali did something interesting. He has Penny a sh- young men. Listen, there's a plug coming. Ali has a show <laughs> July 1st at the Metropolitan Room. Yeah, and the old it, Gotham. Yeah, yeah I, love Gotham. I, I love that. I love that room. It's well, you a have lovely to come little show sometime. And last uh, show, it. he does it once a month with a bunch of comedians. What do you do? Stand up and music and. He started with a drum stuff. solo last time, then it knocked everyone out. He hadn't played in a while, and he used to do a lot of gigs, but now he's concentrating on the comedy. There's a definite correlation between rhythm, right, and, and timing. And he heard music timing. from the start because his mother was in Metropolitan Opera. I know your, your mother's an opera singer, mezzo soprano. That's, right. That's right. All right. So um, you famous get for asking you to close the windows <laughs> and making funny noises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It'd be weird to have friends over when I was a kid. and Mom's in the other room going. Yeah. Who's that? Oh, it's, uh, I don't know, a bird? I don't know. We have a pet parrot? I don't know. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So you you get in Second City, but then you get Mike Nichols hires you for the apple tree? The very first. I wanted to. Mike Nichols. Holocaust Survivor, extra one. Good. Steinberg and I, no hair, too, from the time he was 12. How's that? Yeah. yeah. He had alopecia. Objection, Your Honor, irrelevant. Uh, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. That's an elephant. Um, yes, I, I, Steinberg and I wanted to... Steinberg was the star there. He was a tremendous uh, improviser. Fred Willow was more patient, but you know, I wanted to get to New York and be a star in this. Right. So after 14 months, so... I got to New York. I did a Ruffles potato chip commercial with right. Judy Grobart, who was my mate there, too. And do you remember the one? Ro, ro, the baby going, Ruffles, ro. Oh, ro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, honey, he's talking. I was right. the husband. She was the wife. Right. And the goddamn animator used his own baby for the uh, gro, gro, to uh, get the goddamn uh, residuals. Oh, oh, Unbelievable. The goddamn baby was the richest kid Too bad Allie wasn't born yet. Seriously. Anyway, uh, I, so you get in this play, and, and that, is that how the Broadway first time show, you met Mike Nichols? First Broadway show I ever um, auditioned for, I got. Wow. It's the first time I met Mike Nichols, and of course he was an well, idol of mine. Right. Because he was early 
the early seconds. I mean, right. it wasn't Second City yet. It was the, um, well, the name. I, I forgot. Oh, I remember. Name. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I don't. What was it called? The, the. the uh, I can't remember, but they yeah. started. Uh, they were all at University of Chicago. That's yeah. where he met Elaine. Elaine and, May. And that's where um, Ed Asner was part of that. And they were there, and then Alan Arkin joined up and all that. And then uh, I was there four years after Be- uh, Barbara Harris and Alan Arkin and, and all that. God, and, there's a and lot that of Jews the in show business. And yeah. then I always wanted to do stand-up, and I used to kind of um, uh, try it out, like introducing a sketch with Fred or David right. Steinberg. So that was your time I would alone. Do, I would yeah. do stuff. And then when uh, um, Steinberg told me about the improv on 44th and 9th, oh, God. and it's, my uh, apple tree was a hit. Yeah. And after... Was that um, your first big review? And you know, No, I was in the chorus. Uh, it was only 10 people in the chorus, oh, but right. I was five boys, five girls. Right. And uh, no, I, it was anonymous, pretty right. much. But, but it, was it gave a hit. you confidence. I bought a Volvo. I knew I was getting right. 200 a week. And then after the show, Jay Norman, this great ballet dancer mm-hmm. who was a macho Puerto Rican. Oh, take that back. <laughs> this guy was no light. You know, you think of ballet dancers, they have to be gay and all right. that, not necessarily like Eddie Villela and many. But this guy was a, a judo expert and everything. Right. We'd get high together, a little bit of a, when everyone left the dressing room, and I would carry a tape recorder that weighed 25 pounds, right. a wallen sack down the street to the improv. Mm-hmm. That's where I met someone named Joan Rivers. Wow. I got the idea for the recording from her. She was there with Edgar. Did you know Edgar, Judy? I never met Edgar. Edgar was sort of a sad... Um, he was. He was kind of a homely little guy with big lips and yeah. horn rim glasses. He was a South African Jew. Jew, yeah, I knew that. Hit the bell three times for that. Yes. They're worth about four points if you spot <laughs> Yeah, <them>. yeah. <laughs> One time she walks in with him, and Rodney was up on the floor at the improv, right. and he goes, huh, here they are, a nervous chayetta with a fraud Englishman for a husband. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he committed suicide. I and, know. It's horrible. Yeah, but was, yeah. do you think they were in love? I don't know. That's a good well, question. I, I couldn't say. He, he cared so much about her career and tried to help I know. her. And I thought he did. You know what? In evaluate, I knew her for forty some odd years. Right, she was a great trooper. She was also work ethic. She also of, never knew what hit her, which is merciful. But right. she could be pretty mean. I mean, the stroke conversation between Kirk Douglas and and Dick Clark. Right, you know, right. It's like really cruel. She could be I, mean. Right, Elizabeth Taylor. That guy. But you know, when you, you, I believe that she can be mean. I, you know, I, we just did. I just did a roast. La- I yeah, was a, did, last we night. did like a roast for Rich Voss last night, oh, and um, it was like it was all friends. It was like the way the roast used to be, where everyone knew each other and they were vicious, but it was funny. It was amazing. But I, I also feel like when you're treated like shit for your whole life and told shitty things, you tend to go there with other people. Yeah. And I don't think it comes from a mean place. I think it comes from a vulnerable place. You know place. what? I have a picture of her from my talk show in yeah. uh, 85. When only she had a little nose job. She right. didn't have a... She was a pretty girl. She was, was so a, pretty. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, that stuff about right. the last girl and, yeah. uh, you know, thing. 
Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm finished with roasts myself. Yeah. I, I just don't like them. Yeah. I don't know. They've I, turned I, into... You're yeah. shocking Where was it? Where was it? Was the, at, the stand it was or? at Village, uh, Underground. Village Underground. Oh, cool. But it was just eight people who all knew Rich for 30-something years. And, and it was Amazing. hilarious because we all... No one took offense because it was... I don't know. It was like the old ones. They shouldn't be televised. They shouldn't. They're. I don't know. You shouldn't Agreed. have like hot up and comers right. who have never met them before. Right, and then I mean, just say really... whatever mean thing. You know. Yeah, I hate that. Uh, all right. So oh, yeah. what you're so in '65? You're you're doing this play. Then you go to the Improv. Was was Bud Friedman Holy shit, there? We're only at 1965. Yeah, that's why I said you can't fucking leave. <laughs> um, uh, no, was six, Bud, I, went, I was at Second City '65, '66, '60, late '66. I go into rehearsal for Appleton. We go to Boston. Uh, we come back. I do the improv, and the whole the cast comes to give me moral support. They were great: Alan Alda, Barbara Harris, Larry wow. Blyden, um, awesome. Carmen Alvarez, a few others. Jeez. And you know, I a, a guy comes up to me. This is the honest truth. He's wearing a black suit, maybe a red tie, and he's tugging at. It. He goes, "I'll tell you, man. All right. uh, you were fucking brilliant, all right, and I'm a tough cocksucker." <laughs> and now you have to come here every night for three years to get it right. So that was Joan. Leonard! First of all, he has a beautifully timorous voice. Yeah, and he's good. I love and a beautiful Leonard. tan. Yes, Thank I you. love Leonard. You know, years later, they did, uh, uh, David Frost did a uh, This Is Your Life special. Yes. Right. Ralph Edwards, he did too. Uh, Charlton Heston and, and uh, a separate show with Rodney Dangerfield. So I was making a movie in Florida. They surreptitiously right. oh, okay. flew me on a weekend out to Vegas to surprise him. Whose voice is this, Rodney? <laughs> oh, right, right, he right. He said, um, you were brilliant, and I'm a tough customer, you know. Yeah. Bob Klein, you know. Right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I did, and I began to go there. What and, was your act like? I mean... Well, I didn't have an act. What I what I was was a really sharp improviser. Right. But now instead of another actor facing me, I had Right. I used the improvisational talent in a stand up way right. reacting to whatever. And the thing I, I I wrote so much material in a short time because they had a lot of steady customers. They'd come every night or right. three Comedy times a fans. week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Improv had a lot of fans, you know, right. Caesar Passanante, who right. did a little time, but he was a great guy. And this one and that one. And, you know, it was the kind of place Liza Minnelli would pop up and do a song. Right. Jackie Vernon would practice his next Ed Sullivan show right. with the slides. And this is my family at right. the beach. And this is the beach <laughs> without my dad. Right. And um, all that. So I wrote a ton of stuff and said, I couldn't get William Morris, who had signed me when I got Second City, right, and took fifteen dollars a week from my hundred and fifty a week, God. and we're taking twenty dollars a week from my two hundred a week right. on Broadway. Couldn't That's get him to come down and watch me stand up. Right? Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. We'll be there. Well, they're not coming down. It's in their own interest. Right. So finally, Rodney says, "You know what you need? A manager. Huh. You need Jack Rollins." I said, "The Jack Rollins right. of Rollins and Jaffe, Woody Allen, right. Dick Cavett, Joan Rivers, Nichols and May." He was the first. <laughs> right. He started. Harry Belafonte was his first client. No. So um, <laughs> he he tells he tells them about me, and they agreed to come to see me on Rodney's recommendation. It took Rodney. Rodney. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Jack respected Rodney. Right, right, right. He didn't want to manage him. Right, but he right, 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 right. 
Jack loved the improv. Why didn't he? Well, he uh, got no respect, that's a, so that's well, why didn't he want to manage, manage him? Yeah, why didn't he want to manage him? Seems like it would have trouble. Uh, He's he was trouble. He 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 sensed trouble. Was this Bud Bud and, and Silver? Were right. Bud and Silver? Bud and Fried? Silver on the uh, and improv. they were still married. Yes, they were. They had a terrible yeah. divorce. Yes, terrible. And um, uh, anyway, the uh, the chef once came after her with a knife. I think it was a, an insult to the uh, flank steak or something. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it almost involved a murder. Wait, but, so uh, who was who were the other comics that were around besides Rodney and Pryor? Uh, Richard was uh, adorable. He was doing um, the, the Merv Griffin show at the Little Theater on Forty Fourth, right? Which was his best incarnation. It was a syndicated show. Right next to Sardi's, a little theater that became a Broadway. I think it's Helen Hayes or something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. The little theater. Yeah, I love, that's the smallest one, yeah. And um, uh, he, he used to go on with collegiate sweaters. Also, uh, yeah, Woody and uh, his second wife. Right. Uh, uh, Mia. No. no uh, uh, you're going way back. Uh, uh, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Oh, yeah. What's Louise her name? Louise Lasser. Louise. Yeah. They used to go on together. You, they Leonard. were very funny. Right. They were very funny. And Richard would go on and hysterics and right. totally clean and adorable. Right. And he was very generous with um, his information. I would ask him because a, a talk show was imminent for me. Right. I hadn't done any yet. And he would, he was so, I really got into friends with him. And then he smacked his girlfriend on the sidewalk right. in front with a bloody lip and really turned me off. The next morning, the next day, they, he apologized and blah, 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 and everything was cool. Um, Lily Tomlin would occasionally come up from right. uh, the duplex. Yes, yes. Uh, Jackie Vernon, Jackie yes. Mason, yeah. David wow. Fry. Oh, my God. And David Fry was, you know, like a Napoleonic company. He was about 5'4". Right. He had a, right. I'm serious. He had a gorgeous powder blue Buick convertible and a block on the pedal, unfortunately. <laughs> <for him. laughs> and you could tell why he would be hostile. Right. But he was... He, he was a bad drunk, and and uh, and he he truly was the impression one of the virtuosos of all time because he became Nixon. His face, he right. became LBJ. Right, right, right. But he had no personality of his own. He he actually had to right. choose one of his voices to be him. So do anyway, you think most impressionists are like that? I do. Fuck. You do? I do. Have you've met impressionists? Don't you? Yeah, think yeah, that? yeah. Who, yeah. Who's doing it today? Um, well, I don't want to name any names, but yeah, yeah, they. Oh wait, wait, write it down. Who so, does impressions? I'll, we'll go after. Well, uh, the women, uh, um, Louise Duarte, and uh, and uh, uh, I don't know, but all right, was Carlin Bobby around? Kennedy, not that club. Where the, did Carlin work? You know, George was what Rodney called a rounder. I mean, he quit high school. He got right. or he got thrown out of Cardinal Hayes or whatever, and he was in show business early. Right. First, he was in the Air Force, and he right. left that. I went. He was a disc jockey in Louisiana. Right. I don't know. I Did you guys him, hang out? Like, no. like you didn't hang out at the you bar? Know, no, I hung out with uh, Rodney. I became right. pasted for over a decade to the great Rodney. Dangerfield, who was just starting, Jack Roy. At the I improv. Jack. Right, Jack Roy. And yeah. Um, no one knew who he was. He had done huh. a Merv Griffin. Uh, I also saw a very touching rapprochement with his strange father when... Uh, the father was dying of throat cancer on the beach of Miami Beach. Keep up that no respecting. It's good. It's good. You know. Wow. I was going to tell you this quick anecdote about um, explaining David Fry. The night Bobby Kennedy was murdered, pr pretty much a pall on the joint. 
He's in the back, and he's sort of like tears, and, uh, and he's drunk. He's like, I'll be honest with you. you know, I'm sorry he got shot, but it was one of my best voices. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's so com- comedian. That's yeah. so comedian. Yeah. <laughs> That's so something we would only say to one and another. And the other tragedy, the improv, had occurred long before I went there. I didn't go there until the fall of 66. But Vaughn Meter used to hang out. Right. Starting in 65 or 60, because I used to see him a lot. And he was a pathetic character because his... Uh, Lenny Bruce said so, too. The first thing he thought of when uh, when uh, Kennedy was assassinated, ah, oh, there goes Vaughn Meter's right. career. Right. Remember, Ellie, he had a, a first family album. Wow. And that was he was one trick pony. But I didn't know yeah. that when he'd get up and tinkle on the piano and be incoherent, right. that he was on LSD most of wow. the time. He was a, a really uh, a destroyed character. So Rodney recommended me to Rollins and Jaffe, and as soon as William Morris Agency heard that Rollins and oh, Jaffe, then all come, of a sudden, suddenly Lee Stevens, second in command of right. William Morris, right. comes with a contingent of people from the Merv Griffin show. Wow! It was the, one of the greatest nights and of my life. And how long had you been doing stand-up at this point? And what year is this? Like seventy? About five months. What? Are you fucking kidding this me? This is nineteen sixty. Uh, what? I, I went there in the fall of sixty-six from uh, Apple Tree, walking down the street, yeah. and. Uh, 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 Charlie and and uh, and Jack Rollins came to see me in March of '67. I guess. Oh wow! God. Did That's they were there shows? Did they go like I remember when I started in the '80s and I'd hang out Catch Rising Star in the Improv and stuff. But and the shows went till which two did or not three. exist, of course. Right. Whatever, you know. uh, but the shows would go till two or three in the morning. Did, what were there fewer comics and therefore the shows weren't that? I mean, there were singers too. How long were yeah. your sets? Well, he let me do anything I wanted if I wanted. Right. I think a lot of good people grumbled because if I walked in or Bette Midler walked in mm. or Rodney walked in, then he put us right least, on. What were you doing, 20, 30, easy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, amazing. And new stuff. And um, it was because Bud, who I, I, I admire very much, who had a stroke, by the way. Yes, after, I know. He looked horrible. so healthy in that movie. In the movie, he looks great. I spoke to him uh, not long ago. His speech is very... The second time I spoke to him since he had it, and it, it sounds worse, but mm. his spirits are... You know, he was arrogant, you know. Right. And he, started, he realized he was the only game in town, and these comedians were coming. Because it was a lot... It was a Broadway kind of house. Right. It was, you know... Um, you know, uh, 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 and the circus tent was strong, and you know, right. I happen to like New York, and the right. thing got louder. And, uh, and then comedians sort was of. Was there a house piano player? Oh, yes. Who they was were it? Wonderful. The first was a, a woman, she was a wonderful, her last name was Kay, and then Ray Johnson. Oh. Ray Johnson, you know that the, they they stole that thing for their routine. You can call me Ray. Oh yeah. Uh, you could. The, oh really? Ace Trucking Company, right? Yeah. And he said, he was a serious guy. He was a wonderful man. He traveled with me for two years. Uh-huh. He was a black musician from um, uh, uh, Kentucky, from Louisville. Right. And he 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 returned there now. He was wonderful. Bette Midler owes more to him. And one time at Lorraine Boyle's house, she had a Christmas party. I said, Bette, guess who I just had? He came up to New York and we went to dinner with him. Ray Johnson. She said, who? Ray Johnson, you're a piano player for two. Oh, yes, how is he? She'd get up there and Mm -hmm. try and try and try. She'd do things like, 
She'll be coming round the mountain when she comes. Next night it would be, she'll be coming. <laughs> she'll Different. be coming round the mountain. And she tried it and then it didn't work. She discarded it, which is the same thing comedian. After right. a while. Yeah, you try, try, try. You try and try. And she worked very hard. And she used to, it looked like she wore the costume from the from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. She right. was a replacement <laughs> yes. daughter. Yes, yes. You know what Bud told me? When he took her to the baths, or oh, no, no, to the, because um, he was managing her. Right. And in all fairness, she needed a real manager, not right. a guy that owned a restaurant. Right. You know? But uh, he took her to a, a Friars Club event, mm -hmm. and they laughed at her. They laughed at her. They were like, like giggling. Oh. Because her costume, you know, unadorned and everything. I got a hand it. Barbara Streisand, who I worked with twice and got along with her. Uh, <laughs> she and Bet, Bell just blew up. She and Bet, you got to admit, made their own standard of beauty. Absolutely. They wound up kissing every great, uh, yep. handsome leading man. And you know, she wore these odd clothes, right? And, 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 you know, and whatever. And but you know what? Here's the thing: there was a guy named Caesar Peters, six mm -hmm. foot six, incredibly handsome young black man with a basso voice. Right. And he used to sing songs from. The Nervous Set, a very esoteric, failed musical. College boys are writing sonnets like the horse that never let the pose. Spring can really hang you up right. the most. Spring or, can uh, really. Well, you ever hear the one with, like, uh, sing a song of sad young yes, men? Yes, it's yes, about, yes, yes. He's like elderly gay men or right. something like that. And he sought to sing, and people right away paid attention. Right. And in 35 seconds, they started talking and ordering more. Right, right, right. She'd get up and they'd be talking. And at 35 seconds, they tuned in. Mm. And that's how you found out who right. has it and who doesn't. Right. It's, so, it's who keeps their attention. Who keeps their attention. Yeah. Also, comedy writers then. J, JK, uh, that really nasty guy, and I can't remember his name, but he, he got killed Drinking a cup of coffee in a coffee shop on Lexington Avenue. No way. A cab jumped the thing and killed no him. No way. Who was it? Yeah, who did he write for? What? Danny Davis. Wow. Really? Yeah, he used to write for Vernon. Can you look that up, please, and do something? Thank he was you. a writer for Jackie Vernon. <laughs> right. Why are you abusing this young person? Because that's the, that's the that's point. That's their dynamic. I'm yeah. a masochist. It was the most important thing, the improv. Uh, it so was so interesting. And, yeah, and Rodney was like a professor of uh, comedy. Yeah. He but, took you under his wing. He had one of the greatest ever take you yeah. under his wing. Yeah, yeah but not only that, you, you also, but you all, on everything I've read and watched, your influences were Lenny Bruce and Jonathan Winters. So going in, and you're starting stand up, and you already got Rollins and Joffe a year in. So how did you, was that what was in your head when you were working there at the improv? Like, You've seen those two guys and you were putting, that was how you put together what you were doing? Look, when I was a kid and I was a lifeguard in the Bush Belt and I was uh, a, a counselor and a busboy, and also when I was a little kid, when my father had a good few years, we went to a cheap hotel in the mountains and, you know, for six weeks, my right. mother didn't have to make the bed. I saw live comedy. Mm. I saw guys like Larry Deutsch. Bernie Burns, right. Lou Manchel. Hey, you two have a bald-headed man in the front row. You put your heads together, you make an ass of yourself. <laughs> you know, all those boys. And by the way, they stole from each other constantly, right. which I don't like. Right. But I saw live comedy, and I saw how joyful it made people. They forgot their 
their problems with their children or their health or their marriage or whatever. Just, uh, you know, that laughter. I also loved every comedian on television. Everyone. I mean, come on. Fat Jack Leonard or, you know, I guess even George Goebel made me laugh. I love people that made people laugh. George Goebel, you hit that for the Jew thing? Yeah, because, you know, don't you have an Episcopal belt? Goebbels. 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 No, Goebbels was the propaganda minister. uh, So, what? Did you get paid, number one? I did. I was a lifeguard and the. No, no. I mean, at the improv. Like, oh, no, 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 one, no, no one got paid. Oh, no one got paid. No. And. No one got paid. I wow. want to know, like. But it was later on, a few years after I left, I was out working. Right. That um, I began to come and see, and that there were new places, like right. Belzer's Place. Right. Know, right? Catch and Rising Star. Catch. Belzer. And Comedy Store, right? Yes. And all that. Mitzi. And yeah. Where I went once. I mean, I, you know, I. I and, Comic strip. And they yeah. gave. Uh, uh, Bud, plenty of competition, which right. was healthy. Right. So, Not, but but even people though would, even, I would come yeah. back. They said, you got to see this guy. So I saw Leno, and I kind of liked him. Right. And then I saw the kid um, uh, who took an overdose. Uh, oh, Belushi. No, no, his son, Belushi, was in a different story. Um uh, the one who was on It's Not My Job, you know. Uh, Freddie uh, Prince. Freddie Prince. Freddie oh. Prince, oh, yeah. yeah that's, that was a tragedy. I mean, he was yeah. a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. That guy, who uh, Robert, whatever his name, who ran his series, could have stopped the right. uh, thing and mm. said, this kid has to get healthy. Well, ladies, I I, I love uh, who, you. Who, where, did, where does this can be heard? Where, where, this where, is where? on Play.Shit. On CBS iTunes. Play.Shit. On iTunes. JudyGold.com slash Judy podcast. Gold. Right. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Facebook. Uh, I, Allie, thank you for thank being you. here. Thank you so much for come, letting uh, me come. Uh, please, uh, Robert. Uh, any, I can I do a follow up? And you did a good job as a parent. He did. He's a great kid. Yeah. He worked for Bobby Kennedy's waterkeeper for eight years. There Non-profit. Wow. He put in a lot of work and a pretty futile effort. Yeah. Nice. But he decided to do this, and I'm all for it. And cool. you're the I best. Think he's talented. I love How you. How would anyone want to follow in his footsteps? I know. Wah, 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 wah. Wah. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. So long! And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.